Uh, oh god, I was texting the Discord. Oh no. Hello everyone. Welcome back to You Have to Hear This, Season 3, Episode 2. I'm Ryan Terry. I'm one of your hosts. I am joined by my fellow co-hosts. Evan Donnelly. And? Lucas Terry. <laughs> I, that cut out. I knew a word. What you did said. you say? <laughs> I, said, I said Lucas Terry, but I, it cut out. So Lucas My Aww. name is Lucas Connett. Aww. This is our first time doing this as a Twitch stream. Yeah. So if anyone hops on, I don't know why I would say this, they, were, they would probably hop on later and be confused as to why this is on a Zelda randomizer stream. Yeah. <laughs> but this is a podcast we do. Uh, we talk about music we enjoy. Um, let's just jump right into it. Yes, do it. Uh, Lucas, you want to roll the dice and put out, pull out the parameters? Of yeah. The dice? So if this is your uh, first episode, we usually recommend three albums. Each person recommends an album. We all listen to it and then we talk about it. Recommend more albums. It's an endless cycle. Yeah. And the way we decide who talks first is we roll a fat die. Uh, supplied by Lucas. Our so. music reviewing work is never finished. Okay. Yeah. So Lucas, <laughs> roll the dice. Rules to the dice. Um, let's go uh, one and two are me. Uh, the numbers that come after are Ryan. And <laughs> the, the numbers that come after that are nothing. Sounds splendid. Okay. All right, so it was That's one, the so most it's me. complicated way you could have explained it. It, it was. It's me. Oh, oh yes. So Lucas, what did you recommend? I recommended you guys um, Leanne Lahava's 2020 self-titled record. Album covers on screen, uh, by the way, if you're watching. Uh, you want me to give some information on this album? Sure. Do, do your thing. So uh, Leanne Lahava's self-titled album is the third studio album by English singer Leanne Lahava's. Album was released uh, July 17th, uh, 2020. Released after a five-year hiatus and written following Lahava's breakup, the album was inspired by the life cycle and uh, of nature and its ability to thrive, go away, and come back stronger. I feel like that was a press release yeah. that they sent to uh, radio stations. Uh, recording the album took place between October 2019 and December 2019. She was the main producer as well as her longtime collaborator, Matt Hales. Uh, yeah, why'd you recommend this album? Because uh, I think it's one of the best things to be released in 2020 so far, and I, I've been like, I've been wondering why it hasn't gotten like a lot of attention because I think it definitely deserves a lot more attention than it's getting. Like I don't know if you guys like even heard of her like before I recommended this. I haven't. Yeah. No, me neither. I'm not. I probably saw Fantano's review pop up, and that's about it. She did Fantano even review this? Yeah. Oh. Um, but it's a great, uh, I would say, R&B for genre. We, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Uh, the Wikipedia calls it Neo Soul. Neo which, Soul is perfect. Yeah. But like, that, falls in R, that falls in R&B for sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I think the musicianship is uh, great. Like, some of the tracks are even live studio takes. Uh, and her voice. Oh, they feel that way, too. Oh, they do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think her voice is just amazing, too. I'll outright say it. I fucking love this album. Yeah. It's really good. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was immaculately put together. I thought there were no weak tracks. Um, yeah, I just... I mean, it was one of the best things I've listened to this year. And there's a lot of good stuff that's come out this year. 
to be honest. The only good thing about this year is there's been a lot of good music. Yeah. Um, and there's even a, a cover on this of uh, Radiohead's Weird Fishes. It's amazing. Yeah. It's so good. And I feel like any person trying to cover a Radiohead song, like covering a Radiohead song is kind of like covering a Beatles song or covering a uh, Pink Floyd song. It's just kind of like a dead on arrival sort of thing. Right. For the most yeah. part. Oh, but th- she does, she takes the track. I, my favorite, one of my favorite parts about it is the fake out at the beginning where they start playing the original drum beat and then they swap to a different like halftime yeah. drum beat. It's incredible. It's such a good rendition to the song. It's near perfect, and I think the original song is near perfect. Mm-hmm. But it's just such an interesting take, and it's not even that much of a far cry from the original. I feel like this album was inspired by In Rainbows to a certain extent. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. way the guitar, like the guitar work on it, sounds very much like a Radiohead, very much like Radiohead inspired her. And um, as a bassist, uh, by the way, Beaches of Bass Tower, shameless Wait, plug. <laughs> Beaches of Bass Tower. You yeah. did say that. <laughs> I was just testing you guys, okay? <laughs> um, Baseline's killing this. Um, sounds a lot like any sort of '70s soul. That you would listen to the Wikipedia page says she was inspired by Jaco Pastorius, yeah, which should say all you need about the bass lines. Really good, this really, is a, really good. This is a really eclectic list of inspirations because you got Milton Nascimento, Nascimento, yeah. uh, Joni Mil- Mitchell, Jaco Pastorius, Al Green, and Destiny's Child. <laughs> yeah, I hear the Al Green. Very I much hear so. the Al Green. I think it has to do with the fact that it's recorded in a live setting like like a live band that's the thing is like it's so well produced and so well recorded but the fact that it is live takes it this album has an energy to it and a rhythmic like flow that i do not hear very often nowadays right i also Be- i love because of the piecemeal nature of album recording sorry i love like the um the like heavy like bassiness like especially in the song like a bittersweet just that like oh, so good. that like thumping really heavy bass drum or kick drum i feel like even though a lot of this stuff it's it's well produced it sounds super clean but even in like weird fishes the second half i feel like she's not afraid to get dirty no, with, with the no. sound right like she really she, they just jam out they really do and it it really makes this album stand out it sounds clean, but it doesn't sound stale. Like, it doesn't sound like it needs a little bit of saturation or it needs a little bit of uh, vibrancy because it's so vibrant on, on its own. It's so colorful on its own that the fact that it is so cleanly produced and so cleanly made doesn't detract from it. It adds to it. And I feel like that's such a hard balance to make, especially in genres that do prefer a bit of a dirtier and a more... Um, live and rough sound. Yeah. Yeah. Um, standout tracks. We already mentioned Weird Fishes and Bittersweet, which I think goes for all of us. I mean, yeah. we all really loved those tracks. My personal favorite uh, was Read My Mind. I really enjoyed Read that. Read My Mind's really good. Lucas, what are you going to say? I really like uh, Green Papaya. That's a really good track. These are, oh my god, these are all really good tracks. I love how, like, 
the courses on like a lot of the songs like often like they'll just have like one like weird chord that just like really like it makes it so it's like not like a basic like pop course you know yeah i don't know if i put that the exact right way but uh, no i agree with that i think there is like i mean it's pop e but i wouldn't call it pop right there's this human quality to all of the instrumentation and the performances that makes it distinctly R&B or in that realm. Uh, I love Seven Times. I think that that's yeah. a great track. I mean, Bittersweet, Weird Fishes, Seven Times. That's probably my three favorite tracks on a on a first couple of listens. Yeah. This, uh, if I were to talk about the album's reception a bit, oh my god, it did pretty well. Um, it charted in a bunch of countries but not in the u.s it charted number it was uh number seven in uk albums wow yeah and uh i mean universal acclaim basically every publication except for q which gave it a three out of five which is uh i do not agree with um gave it a four four and a half out of five um here's a picture of radiohead <laughs> who seem to make their way into every one of these episodes um <laughs> i thought it was interesting that I, and it's super easy to pick up on after i was told that it was a concept album about a failing relationship but the idea of having a cover on a concept album that's so personal is really interesting to me because then it's like oh how did she make this cover fit like what did this cover mean to her because the way that i see it in the track listing is it sort of is the decline it doesn't begin the decline but it's like in the middle of their decline in the relationship which i mean no oh yeah yeah i get that which i mean the line i hit the bottom and escape is a really good signifier i don't want to talk about weird fishes too much it's just you know me <laughs> um, good old ryan you know him. i don't know why bittersweet pops up twice <laughs> Because there's two versions of it on the album. Yeah, no, I get that. Could that be it? Yeah, I get that. But even, like, the fact that there's a 3 minute and 56 second and a 4 minute and 52 seconds, like, I don't really feel like 5 minutes is long enough to mean a song won't be played on the radio, you know? Right, yeah. I guess that's just a weird thing that, like, I haven't seen in a while. I'm not used to bands making their songs shorter to be radio tracks anymore because they don't... I feel like bands don't really care about getting their songs on the radio anymore. Yeah. Uh, final ratings final ratings this is a hard album for me to talk about just because i liked it so much that i can't like there's not i don't there was nothing wrong about it yeah really it was really perfect uh, nine nine decent, decent to sh- uh light to decent nine okay i'll say light nine light nine maybe a strong eight to light nine okay strong eight to decent nine yeah <laughs> i enjoyed the way this album was produced I really love the songs, the composition of the songs. Uh, Weird Fishes was a killer cover. It's so I've good. been playing it so much. I think I'd give this. I think I'd give this record record a hot seven. Ooh, a seven hot out of seven. ten. Not strong seven, but a hot seven. A hot one. Right off the right out of the oven. Hot seven. I I still feel like concept albums about failing relationships are a dime a dozen. Yeah, but. There was something about this one that captured a mysticism 
to the rise and fall of a relationship that was really interesting from a lyrical standpoint, from a production and sound and atmosphere standpoint. It was just so, it, it, it was, it's like nothing I've heard in a very long time. Yeah. And if you're into rock music, she has influence from that that sphere mm-hmm. of music. And if you're into like jazz or funk, like that, that's all there. I think it's a really safe album to choose for someone. This is the proper amalgamation of all of these styles and genres without feeling like it is a boiling down of any of them. It's not like Limp Biscuit, you know? <laughs> where they try it is to... not like Limp Biscuit, you're right. <laughs> Can we just do a rating system where we decide if it is or is not like Limp Biscuit? Well, that'll be after the rating. We'll give our official rating and then our Limp Biscuit rating. Yeah, I'm um, okay with that. Let's let's implement that in the next episode. Well, we could do it with the recurring album. We've got two more albums to talk we about, We do baby. have two more albums. Oh, my God. Uh, I think it's time to roll the dice again. I, I will say... <laughs> I wasn't even paying attention. I will say, real quick, um, the guitar work on this album is great. There's a lot of electric piano and... The instrumentation feels pretty standard and simple throughout, but they really make the most of it. It's the last thing I'm going to say. Yeah. Sweet. All right, Lucas, dice. Dice. Uh, odd is Ryan, even is Evan. It's three, so Ryan Ooh. goes next. So I recommended. I. I feel like I've been getting a lot of albums that I could very confidently say are in my top. 10, 20 favorite albums ever. Yeah. And like, I kind of want to stop that just because it's like, I don't feel like I'm digging deep enough. But this is one of my favorite albums of all time. Again, because I keep doing that. Um, Sound of Silver by LCD Sound System, who is a New York dance, indie rock, electronica type band. Evan's typing the name in as we speak. I am typing it in. Uh, how would you describe their sound? Uh, dancey. Definitely dancey. more dancey than than rock. Yeah, I agree Except with that. for uh, the closing track. Mm-hmm. So LCD Sound System is a New York band fronted by James Murphy. Uh, he does most of the instrumentation and production um, in the studio. It is This album was released in March 12, 2007 trying to see if there's any other uh, recorded in DFA Studios in New York City nominated for a Grammy Award for Best Electronic Dance Album at the 50th Annual Grammy Awards LCD Sound System is a super strange band for I feel like there were two scenes in New York in the early 2000s there was the punk Interpol the Strokes type scene and then there was the dance scene that was emulating like the Talking Heads style so I, this is very appropriate to talk about after a Talking Heads record. And this is the band that kind of led that scene, I think. And what would you guys think? I loved it. First track is my favorite immediately. Um, <laughs> for those who haven't listened to it, it's Get Innocuous. Uh, I think with an exclamation point at the end of it. Yes. It is a seven-minute song. of Which is not rare on this album. No, it is not rare. Uh, a lot of the songs are much longer than usual but if you like very pulsy so- like music it is, this is the one this is mm-hmm. the one you need to listen to out of the three we're talking about if you if it's more if you want more energetic just like feel it in the heart music yeah, yeah i really enjoyed it mhm lucas 
I also really enjoyed it. I uh, I really like the track uh, "Us V Them." Oh, that's such a good song. I feel like that doesn't get enough um, attention because they don't really play it much live. Actually, they might now. Hey, have, they've been away for a while. I really uh, I I do like the very Talking Heads influenced, uh, like very uh, rapid percussion. Mm, polyrhythmic. Yeah. Yeah. So some weird like sounds in there. Um, I don't even know how to describe it. Like you said on the first track, like there, there's something like in the background that like I can't like. There, there's a few percussion sounds where you can't really figure out what they are. No, I feel like I I want to see what that 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 song in particular was pretty weird because it was all recorded like the entire beat was recorded on one like synth, and I I don't oh, remember. Really? Yeah, I don't know if I can find it. Um. During the uh, creation of this album, he was working on an instrument. I think I don't think the whole thing is instrumental, but he was working on this. Nike had commissioned him to make a 44-minute exercise song, and he did it. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> he did it. Yeah, it's called uh, 44:44. I, I'll find it later. It's not listed in his official discography, but yeah, he made a 44-minute uh, exercise track. Is it fun? It's pretty fun at points. I mean, it's a 44-minute exercise track, so I don't know how much you're going to... And let me tell you, I can't imagine running to it. <laughs> yeah. But it sounds like LCD sounds. A lot of the ideas... He used that album to take a break from the recording of this album because he, it was um, it was very stressful for him. Yeah. But um, one thing... This ties into Spanish love songs when we were talking about that last week, is this album is sort of about um, a... How do I phrase this? This album is about being 30 or 40 and watching your life go by at a club and wondering what you did with all those years. I mean, even the first track, like Get Innocuous, I always love that title because it's like, yeah, get boring, get normal. And like at the end, the the like chorus lyric is you can normalize, don't it make you feel alive? And I just think that it's such a quirky and weird. Also, the production is so bizarre yeah i was that was yeah that was one of my things i was gonna say about it is compared to the one we just the album we just talked about this one feels so distinct in sound both incredibly produced oh yeah i'm not taking one away from the other but this one like you can hear a song and be like oh this is lcd sound system yeah, like, you don't even have to think about right. it. No, I agree with that. So, which is weird because he produced uh, "Reflector" by Arcade Fire, and God, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, <laughs> it's just so obvious that he produced it. It's really bizarre. It's like Arcade Fire doing their best LCD sound system impression. <laughs> it's really weird. It's an okay album, but I, it's really weird. I think it's really cool how like when a producer does something a certain way, like the way that they are comfortable with, how people who listen to it can understand or detect that it is that one person who was do- who was making the song mm-hmm. it's their sound right yeah, yeah i think that's awesome we were talking about the other day where i was like oh this sounds like mac i think right where i was like this sounds like mac and you were like isn't that weird that you can listen to something and be like oh this sounds like this person yeah. or or uh that one uh charlie xcx song you played us um what dylan brady claws yeah. yeah, Dylan Brady produced it from 100 Gex, and we're just like, holy shit, this sounds like 100 Gex. It sounds like 100 right. Gex production. I, that's so cool. I think that's, like, the ultimate goal as a producer is to, like, 
house your kind of own like distinct sound mm-hmm. the kanye the kanye i don't know any other like good examples i feel like i can know i know eno jay dilla jay dilla if if <laughs> i hear an eno album if i hear an album produced by eno i can guess pretty confidently it was eno i feel like i feel like he was one of the first even like like uh, Dave Fridman, like oh, everyone yeah, heard how absolutely. like the drums sounded on the soft bullet, and in like you know like Tame Impala, for example, was like I want my drums to sound like. I that. saw that, and he got Dave to mix them. That's crazy. Yeah, we met that man. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, but that's something. I mean, to go back to this album, I feel like the running th- uh, that's a running theme of all of LCD Sound Systems work is like, I'm old and irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> And that's just how James Murphy. I feel like that's how James Murphy feels to a certain extent. I mean, in the next album, he the, his song topics range from like uh, being bored at so at a well. This song also has a like uh, shitty party type song, um, but like being bored at a party or your record label wanting you didn't get a hit and you don't do hits. Yeah, you know <laughs> they they have a song called "You Wanted a Hit." <laughs> That's also like eight minutes long, but um, I mean, for this album, "All My Friends" is like one of my favorite songs ever. I like that one too. Yeah, and that has just like one A chord banging out on the piano the whole time, <laughs> doesn't yeah. stop, and he just goes on this rambling about like I've so I've gotten so old and I've gotten and I feel like I just want to go back and live carefree again, but I can't. And all my friends just want to go back and live carefree again, but we can't. Yeah. This is how it starts. Yeah. <laughs> New York, I love you. <laughs> uh, this thing is such a... These songs are so long. It's a monster so of an it's, album. Yeah, it is. Like, the shortest song is four, is three minutes and 55 seconds, and the longest is eight minutes and 30 seconds. And, like, the eight minutes and 30 seconds one, like, most of the other songs, like, get to seven minutes. And so it's uh, it's only nine tracks, so it's not that long of an album. But man, it it hits, it hits yeah. so hard. I didn't even really notice the length. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they ever waste a minute or a second, even. I think uh, that's my one complaint. That's a complaint I have with their latest album, American Dream, is sometimes the songs go on for like thirteen minutes. It's like Jesus Christ, these are so long. And there's just three minutes of, like, someone hitting a drum as an intro. But um, I feel like the one song everyone knows from this is New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Yeah, we, ha- we had to talk about that one, especially because yeah. we are in New York. We are in New York, and it is bringing us down. It is bringing us it's down. It's better than most other places to live currently in, New- in America. Chances are, if you heard an LCD Sound System song, it was this one, because it was for me. I've known New York, I Love You, But You're Bringing Me Down way before I listened to this record and it is an amazing song but in a different way because it kind of it's totally different it's a than tangent the, the album yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's quite the tangent but it works I, I I think it works it's the perfect closer I think it's just like after this night at the club you're you're drunk you go to this piano bar and you see this this man just yelling the night away yeah that's a nice way to think about it because mm. he was just jamming out on like a drum machine yeah. for for a while. I mean, what's the song preceding it? Is it Sound of Silver? 
Yeah, it's Sound of Silver, which is an eight-minute track with one lyric that's repeated over and over again, and then a bunch of electronic skittering over it. Yeah. And then you just get this piano ballad at the end with, like, no electronics, it feels like. Not really, no. It's a... I mean, I think this is one of the best out... One of the best starts to an album I've heard, and one of the best endings to an album I've heard. Yeah. Also... His word choice, his lyrics and word choice. I think all my friends is immaculately. Ri- oh, someone great. I want to talk about that song. Uh, that song was written about his therapist that passed away while making the album. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's a sad ass song. <laughs> but um, I, I think North American Sum, Scum, Someone Great, and All My Friends is one of my favorite three stretches, three song stretch of any album. And, like, that on its own takes up, like, 20 minutes, close to 20 minutes of runtime on the album, those three tracks. But, like, North American Scum is just fun. It's uh, crazy. Didn't you say, Lucas, didn't you say it it was, like, if Arcade Fire was good? (laughs) No. uh, I compared it. I might have said something like that, but I know I compared it to Hollywood by Carsey Hedros. Oh, yeah, you did. I, I the Arcade Fire thing was funny because they do backing vocals live. <laughs> Arcade Fire. I don't know why they were there. They did a when the band broke like technically did like a goodbye show where they weren't where they were gonna quit after this is happening and the show was called which is also a fantastic album. We we're trying to get sponsored. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um this uh they did a live album. <laughs> By the way, for audio listeners, I tried sponsoring Coke in the stream, Uh, and I spat it out. Did you actually spit it out? A little bit, by accident. (laughs) I I don't want to distract you, Ryan. Keep it going. Okay. Uh, They did a a live album called The Long Goodbye. It was supposed to be their final show. It was a sold-out show at Madison Square Garden. It was like two and a half hours long. And then they were never going to play again, and then they reunited and released an album in 2016. So that was only like a... Five-year hiatus really wasn't that long. Yeah. Twenty-eight. It might have been twenty eighteen, so like seven years. But um, yeah, they do like they end it on New York. I love you, but you're bringing me down. Uh, they have almost every song on Sound of Silver on there. Uh, North American Scum, Arcade Fire plays with them. It's just it's just a bonkers show. It's just really crazy. And if you like this album, please do listen to This Is Happening, which is the follow-up album. It's incredible. In a lot of ways, it um, is on par with Sound of Sil- I think they're both 10 out of 10 albums for me. Yeah. So, like, it, it, picking one over the other would be hard. I think I prefer Sound of Silver just because it was my first taste of LCD Sound System and All My Friends is my favorite track. Gotcha. Ever. One of my favorite tracks ever. Um, should we move on to ratings and then I'll give a give some accolades and general reception of the album? Yeah, sure. Uh, Lucas, you can go first. Um, I'd say, uh, I also I kind of like Evan's hot thing, so I think I'm gonna use that instead of the melon style that we've been going for. Yeah. Um, should we so do I'm hot say, and cold? Yeah, sure, why not? I'm gonna say it's a uh, a hot seven to a cold eight. Okay, Ooh, okay. I like it. <laughs> um, so, I really enjoyed this album. 
the the problem is I say that for every album we talk about because we only recommend good albums. I agree. We have to do I bad albums soon. We should do a bad album episode. I will recommend the an Arcade just Fire album, a new album, which I'll Perfect. give a ten, and Lucas will give a one. You love to see it. We need some conflict in here. We do need conflict. Um, this is not the episode for that because all of these albums were great. This one, I'd probably give a rock solid eight. <laughs> They're just elements. Are we doing elements? I'm just, I'm, I'm riffing off okay. of it. Uh, hard ten. Uh, uh, hard ten. A hard ten. That's really high. Uh, yeah, I've loved this record. It's. <laughs> Top ten favorite albums. I think we did when we did the Instagram post of our top ten favorite albums. This was on there. Yeah, I love this record. And next time, I won't recommend an album. I'll give a ten because <laughs> yeah. I've given too many albums. A I 10 was going to say show. let's let's have a counter of each ten Ryan gives on his I own give, album. I only recommend <laughs> my favorite albums. Because yeah. <laughs> you because he hadn't listened to Flaming Lips yet, and I have to give him that. Yeah, I'm referring to Lucas, the little scoundrel. He's not speaking to us right now. He hates our guts. I do. Uh, it's I'll, true. I'll say some accolades. Um, oh, also, he tried to, like, I don't know how I feel about this. He really pushed to try and get this to a um, number one album. Oh, 45, 50, uh, 33 is the exercise track. Um, but he really, like, pushed to try and get, he said, uh, he made the album available for streaming on MySpace <laughs> before its official release. And his goal was to get it to number one, and he got like, um, he got a pretty respectable rating for how most of these, um, like an electronic dance album from a forty-year-old, thirty-year-old goes. Uh, he was forty-six on U- U.S. Billboard two hundred and uh, number one on U.S. Uh, dance charts. Can I give a really weird criticism of this album? Yeah, go ahead. Please do. Is it just me, or does the album art on Spotify, at least, look really low res? <laughs> now we gotta look it up. The image quality almost looks bad. I don't know if that's an intentional thing, though. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't look... I mean, the album cover is okay. I'll, I'll say that. and I'm not, like, yeah, crazy it, about the album I'm cover. I'm not crazy about it. I think LCD sound system is generally kind of weak when they come to album covers. I think this is happening oh, is an okay definitely. album cover. I don't know. It's it's striking, I think. What is it? I think it's a camera. Or, or a, I don't know. Wait, let me just enhance. Oops, that's not the right one. <laughs> that's not the one. Now we've gotten super... What is that? I really don't I know. I think it's a camera. Anywho. Anywho. Um. Yeah, this has been like kind of retroactively decided as a classic by Ryan Terry, by Rolling Stone putting it at number three hundred and ninety-five on the five hundred greatest albums list in twenty twelve. I don't know if it's on their updated list. Um, and it's on the one thousand one albums you must hear before you die book. Yeah. So. Oh, I didn't. I didn't know that was a list. Yeah. That was, I. I want to. Was it by? I don't know. I think it's like two or three people, and I think they they base it on like reviewer congregates. Um, mm. if anything, I feel like if an album's rated super high or super low, then it's in some way worth talking about. Yeah, <laughs> like there are probably right. some really bad albums worth listening to in your lifetime. Yeah. Uh, all right, you want to roll the dice, and we'll, well decide. Why would we? 
All right, we're rolling the dice. All right. Wait, what are my numbers? <laughs> Your numbers are one, two, four, five, and six. If it's three, we end the show right now. Okay. Well, it was three, so it was nice. <laughs> it's been real, guys. <laughs> yep. All right. I'm See glad we later. talked about all the important albums. Oh, you would not <laughs> just say that about my favorite I'm album kidding. of all time, Ryan. Is it actually? No. I was going to say. <laughs> Remember how we were saying we liked every album on the show? Well, <laughs> we're going to shake things up a yeah. bit. We hated this. We hated this, and the only thing we hate more is Evan Donnelly. <laughs> Ryan and Lucas the before the show. The Beast Tower. Ryan, <laughs> Ryan and Lucas before the show like, hey. Hey, do you want to just like shit on Evan this entire time? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> I was whispering to him on on the Discord call. Were you were you the person in our Twitch stream? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Want me to give some information on Mr. Homeshake? Uh, yes. The stuff? album I chose was Fresh Air by Homeshake. Uh, just so you know. Uh, Homeshake. Is there anything special about Homeshake? Yes, he was uh, the lead guitarist in Mac DeMarco's backing band for a while before he hit up his solo career. Yeah, in 2014 he left. 2014 it was? Yeah. So what al- What Mac album would that coincide with? I think two, oh. which is his second studio album. Oh, so he was... I love that album. It's a really That's good a album. It's a really good album. Uh, I, but- I, I don't know uh, if he recorded on the album. I think Mac just recorded everything. Yeah. But yeah, uh, he played all the live too. shows, I think. I don't know 100%, but I think... I think Max just records everything. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, third studio album by Home Shake. I'm gonna... I, I'm gonna, I feel a little baby. There it was. Aww. Um, it was released... Oh, I should get his real name. Oh, what am I doing? It's oh. Peter Sager. It's Peter Sager. No help to you, Evan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was released on February 3rd, 2017 through Royal Mountain Records. I should list the record labels. I forgot for the last two. We'll worry about that next time. Uh, <laughs> first track, Call Me Up, was premiered in November uh, 1st, 2016. The one minute... Oh, wait, no. The first real track, not the one minute interlude at the beginning. Um, musically, the album expands on electronic R&B sounds of the previous record, Midnight Snack, 20, released in 2015. And incorporates yacht rock influences, which I do not agree with. This al- all right. If you've never heard of this album and you're listening right now, it is not yacht rock. I don't understand. The that. Wikipedia page does call I it yacht rock. I don't know rock. what yacht rock is. Uh, I assumed it was for like Midwestern dads who want to. Did we listen talk to about this on the last show? I feel like no. We talked about this when we tried to record last this record last time, this uh, show last oh, time, and we yeah, right, fell yeah. apart. It we was all died horrible. at the same time. Yeah, it was not great. Uh, yeah. This says R&B and synth pop. I'd lean closer to synth pop. Definitely synth pop. Yeah. I mean, there is huge R&B influence. Yeah, but I, I feel more comfortable calling it synth pop. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think of the song? Oh, why did you recommend it? Um, I recommended it because I thought that this show needed a little touch, a touch of funk. A I mean, touch of funk. That's uh, weird. You, recently, you always say that re- to me every night. You say, you need a touch of funk tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Everyone needs a, ton- a touch of... A touch I, of Evan's I funk. I can't say... No, not my... <laughs> not Evan's <laughs> funk. A touch of fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> the album art looks like it was made with color, uh, 
fucking crayons. That's the word. <laughs> I'm gonna rub, your back. rub my back while Evan's I talk about it. having a rough night. Yeah. So, how'd your computer science homework go? Um, let's not talk about that, right? Okay, not in front of the okay, kids, okay? Okay. okay. <laughs> we keep moving the mic, so this is gonna be a nightmare to normalize <laughs> in audacity. Uh, I didn't answer your question. No, you didn't. I don't know. It's just really fun. I've always listened to it. It's my go-to road trip album, and I think I would call it a concept album because everything fades into each other. It's yeah. definitely cohesive. It feels like it was designed to be put together this way. Yeah. So, yeah. I just wanted... Because I know you don't really listen to music like this that often. No. And Lucas, I feel like you would. So, I don't know. But... Uh, I've um, I've actually... I've listened to, like, his other album, like, the first few tracks off of it a while back, and I just never really got back to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What do you guys think of it? I thought it was okay. I thought it was pretty good. I thought, I liked it. yeah, I thought the um, second half was weaker than the first half. Or, or yeah, uh, sorry, the first half was weaker than the second half. That's what I meant to say. I felt like timing. It really picked up for me at timing, and after timing, I really enjoyed that. But before timing, I thought it was just okay. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Lucas? I thought it was cool. I really liked the minimalist approach to the instrumentation and the production. Uh, you know, everything's kind of like not really layered. Like all the mixes are like really spacious and like yeah. simple, mm-hmm. a lot like the album cover is. Definitely, compared to his other, uh, his most recent studio album, Helium. At the time of recording this, this album, Fresh Air seems way more complex than helium so it's it really yeah helium feels way more spacious than this one and Mm -hmm. there's not as much like guitar solos going on or anything it's just like drum loops in what feels like a an empty desert which hey it's definitely a stylistic choice oh absolutely yeah Yeah. and and i i was totally down with the style i think it took a bit for me to really settle into Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe if i want on a second or third listen I begin to um, appreciate the first half more. For me, I think I liked it when he was a bit more adventurous. Yeah, uh, that's why. That's why I say timing. I think that that's a pretty adventurous song. TV volume is a great song. Fresh air, the title track. I really liked um, K H M L W U G H. I love that. That's song. a very good song. Or, or uh, as I like to call it, Kamala Wug. Perfect. <laughs> You remember, it remember when I said uh, instead of saying uh, BM 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 for the Black Midi song, I said boom boom boom. Yeah, no, that was that was a good time. That was a Back rough good first episode. Yeah, when there was Season no one. Evan Donnelly. I I wasn't born yet. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I liked it when he was. I I'd like to see an album where he takes that more like adventurous. Uh, I sort of felt like early on the aesthetic and the style was the thing that was most important. Yeah. Instead of the individual songs. Which is fine for like a, an album that like bleeds together and like all the tracks at the beginning are like... I mean, the the tracks on this record, as compared to the other ones we talked about today, relatively short. Yeah. Um, But... I was just it, I wanted something more to chew on, and it took. I felt like there was. It took time to get to that material. Mm-hmm. 
I, I have a question for you guys. Uh, since you now know he was the lead guitarist for Mac DeMarco, do you hear similar influence in how he plays guitar? Because he did record it. I believe he recorded uh, like most of the instruments for this album. Do you hear that Mac influence in these songs? I can hear that they're coming from the same scene, from the same... Yeah, uh, like bubble. Canadian indie. Yeah. I think um, I wouldn't say this is similar. I think this is similar to Mac in that it's rough and the production style is very minimal. But in and even in some harmonic use, but like timbre, instrumentation, how they're being used, I think is totally different. That's where I think the R&B influence comes from, because he has said before in interviews that he was inspired by Sade, which is actually, you guys talked about Sade. We did, when Connor came out. Yeah, and I think the album that he recommended, Love Deluxe, was one of his uh, bigger inspirations for this album. So. I can hear that. I could totally hear that. Yeah. Also, uh, the Wikipedia page calls it, and it's in quotes, but I don't know where the quotes are from, Thrift Store Synth Pop. <laughs> does that just mean, Oh, that's, like, that's Pitchfork. Is that, like, an insult? I mean, it sounds sort of thrifty in that it's like cheaply made it seems but does it really sound that cheaply made no it just sounds it sounds homebrew that's i think that's a better word because like i think first of all i don't even i don't think it was made in a home i think they i think he went to a studio for this cheap implies it's bad yeah it's not which which is it's an aesthetic choice yeah I don't, if you told me this was made from home, I'd probably believe you. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Which is not... I, I do not mean it as an insult. Yeah. I would I would say the same about Mac stuff. Some of Mac stuff. And my, one of my favorite bands is Carsey Headrest, so you know. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to talk about? Or we can move on to the ratings? Or? Um, if if you guys want... Well, what, do, what, are your, what was your favorite song? Oh, uh, I think... I mean... I really like timing. I really like KHM. I'm gonna say timing. Okay. Yeah. I was just gonna say I was gonna recommend a song if someone wanted to listen to it, but I just thought about like the album itself and the way it's structured. I very much recommend listening to it from start to finish. Oh, absolutely. Because it's it will not it will not feel the same. Just like shuffling it, definitely not. Give it start I, to finish. It blends very I well to it together. On the bus to Walmart. Yeah, the perfect <laughs> album was choice. Oddly fitting. <laughs> oddly fitting. The Walmart was like Mecca. Yeah. <laughs> nice. uh, Lucas, favorite? Did you say your favorite track was KHM? Yeah, I also like uh, every single thing. Oh, every single thing is a good song. That was, I think that was the leading single mm-hmm. on it. There's a music video with like break dancing. I'm pretty sure. It's that really sounds, cool. That sounds awesome. It's really cool. Uh, rating time? Rating time? Uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I'm going to give it a sharp, serrated seven. I would say uh, this is a uh, a pretty, a flaccid seven. <laughs> Man. I'd give this a, um, a... Are you thinking of an adjective? Uh, a poisonous seven. I don't know what that means. Or an airy six. An airy six. Random adjective generator. 
Uh, strong uh, to use a needle drop scale. Strong six to light seven. All right, these are all that, good albums. Uh, I'm a, I'll say a bit about the critical reception, uh, Metacritic, which I don't usually go to for albums because I think that it's a weird congregate of a bunch of different reviews and doesn't say a lot about the album. The music, yeah, on its own merit, gave it a 76. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good, pretty good rating. Pretty good. Um, all all music said the album's best moments are essentially the ones where he channels Prince, and I think you had a problem with this that we can discuss. I I did that's have such a problem a, that's with so, it. That's so that's really mean. I think it's a fucked up thing to say, where it's like, yeah, the only time this guy is good is it when he's when he's this older guy that I like. Also, he doesn't really sound like Prince. Doesn't he, he doesn't, doesn't sound I, like Prince at all? I mean, I could say that Prince was an in maybe an influence in the same way that fucking. Prince is an influence on anyone nowadays. Yeah, but like the, who's using synths and guitars? But like I, I do not think it's fair. <laughs> Are you looking know. up this guy's address? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm looking up uh, the next album. Uh, okay. Um. Other than that, uh, yeah, reviews are pretty confident, or pretty complimentary confident. Complimentary. I just read the word confident. Someone called it um, confidently obtuse. Which is an interesting way. I feel like I'd say that about Talking Heads. Yeah. Confidently obtuse. Confidently obtuse. Should we move on to album recs? Uh, if nothing's happening in, in music news. Then... I don't want to hear about Demi Lovato's bisexuality. Um, Nothing against Demi Lovato. I don't, don't, something don't I care, care about. I, I know I know you pro- guys couldn't give a, a rat's ass, but um, Pearl Jam's MTV Unplugged just got available on streaming. Which yeah. Oh. I love that. Are they album. doing that with a bunch of other Unplugged too, or is this just Pearl? Jam? No, I don't know. I know like they released like one of the songs from it because it was like in a soundtrack about their movie, or mm-hmm. their they're like um biographical movie. Biopic. That's the word I'm thinking of. Yes. Um. But like, and then they there's a Pearl Jam biopic. Yeah. Yeah, it's called Twenty, I think. What? Why did I not know this? Um, it's really good. Um, I don't know. For anyone who doesn't know, like my my whole childhood was like listening to like that grunge. Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains. Yeah, Foo Fighters, Nirvana. I, I need to listen to more Pearl Jam. I think, um, depending on the day, I find Unplugged either charming at best or, like, annoying at worst. Not because of... I think they're... I love Nirvana's Unplugged. I'll probably really like Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains since you've talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there was this thing in the 90s where it's like, oh, we need to get back to the real music. We need to play acoustic guitars and play, get 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 to the heart of it man and so they'd have like corn on and corn would play their songs acoustic and like why would why would i listen to this i've i've seen 20 like once and i know that they got invited to do it after they played a gig at like a hall that was so small and overpacked that they couldn't get their instruments in so they literally just didn't like an acoustic set and then like after mtv saw that and just invited them on oh that's cool an unplugged set I wonder who was the first band to do an unplugged set. Everything was unplugged back in Baroque days. <laughs> back in the day, throwback. Dude, we're going back to fucking Bach. Well, yeah. 
Tomorrow, uh, for I the Halloween listened. episode, I'm recommending a Bach, a Bach <laughs> album. And uh, Ariana Grande apparently has a new album coming out. Cool. Oh my god, she just shits out albums, doesn't she? Yeah. I don't mean that derogatorily. Uh, <laughs> I have nothing against Ariana Grande. Ryan says he, he goes like, uh, just clarifying. <laughs> I have nothing against Ariana Grande. I, oh. yeah. All right, sorry. I just saw a Rolling Stone article that the title grabbed me. Yeah. It says, Joe Biden ad featuring struggling music venue pulled after owner received threats. Jeez. Quote, the price for having a voice in our political process cannot be endless harassment, Biden's spokesperson says. Oh, so I think um, two things we're talking about. One, on that, uh, there's a lot of... I mean, by, there was the one recent thing with Biden, uh, LCD Sound System, and Chuck Schumer teamed up for this uh, thing. There's a big push to save music venues that have been hurt horribly uh, during the pandemic. Um, it's obviously not at the forefront of all of our minds, given how horribly exhausting this period of our lives has been. But we need to make sure that live music doesn't go away. And if that means supporting local venues and supporting local music, um, whenever you can, of course, or if you just want to see these people do better or you genuinely like their music anyways, find avenues to support local musicians in your local music scene. Because it's... And venues. uh, And venues. And also vote. (laughs) Yeah. Vote so that we don't have to, hopefully don't have to live in this hellscape anymore. Vote early. Uh, get your ass to the polls. Go wait four hours in line. Uh, even though there's a bunch of prickheads who want you to not vote and will do anything in their power to make sure you do not vote, vote. Guys, long story short, Pokemon go to the polls. Also, uh, the new Rolling Stones updated uh, list. Talk about that for a second. Yeah, best albums. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. I don't know how much there is to talk about. There's some good. Uh, there are some good things. There are some real blunders on it. Um, I know n- number one is Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On," which is which I think that deserves that. It spot. deserves it. It deserves it. It's an incredible album. Um, I think it's. I think the big tracks off of it are really good. Some of the deep cut album tracks are okay, and then "You Make Me Want to Holler" is probably one of the greatest tracks ever made. Uh, I think it's immaculate instrumentation, production. It's so ahead of its time. Um, it's an incredible record and totally worthy of the spot. Uh, Harry Styles, <laughs> The Fine Line, is like 496. Where is Which, it? It's like 496. <laughs> oh, did you I mean, watch really the Fantano video? Know. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm, I'm, I have a couple in mind that are like, uh, where I was like, oh, that's weird. And I, I don't think... That's necessarily a bad thing. The weird thing is, like, some of the bands they left off, they left off, like, Aphex Twin, they left off Talk Talk, and it's like... But then they put on, like, Madonna's best... Madonna's and the Beatles' best of compilations, and it's like, these aren't albums. Yeah. They're compilations. You know, you can't... You can't... There's no risk in releasing a compilation. People know they like the songs already. Yeah. So, it's it's okay. I mean, those 500 best albums list or only exist to get more views and to propagate whatever agenda that magazine has and that's totally understanding like i think marvin gaye's what's going on beating sergeant peppers 
is in part a response to the Black Lives Matter movement, which their equal albums in relevance and popularity and um, influence, in my opinion. So that's not a dig absolutely worthy of Marvin Gaye. And it's always confused me that a white artist has topped these rock charts for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But like these things exist to reflect the culture of their time. I don't think a 500 best albums list would ever be fully complete. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. The best album is in a dumpster somewhere. I don't know. What, what are you guys' opinions on it? I don't know. Basically Any, agree with that. Yeah. 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 There are also some, some weird ones. Uh, I like Jagged Little Pill, Alanis Morissette, and I'm glad it's getting the attention it deserves. I think it deserves to be on the list, but it's also like stupid high. It was like, 96 or 120 it was in it was like 120 to 90 somewhere in that range exile and guyville was on there which i thought was weird that's an okay album yeah liz fair album time yeah let's recommend albums um so uh should we go in the order that we did it today so lucas me evan wait are these halloween albums yes oh next week is a halloween episode uh don't expect us to dress up uh, for the most part, this is an audio-only podcast, unless we want to dress up. Yeah, I mean, I don't have sh- a suit. We'll sh- we, sh- we stream for fun. We stream right for now. fun. Oh, we'll promote. Th- we can promote shit at the end. Yeah. Um. So, what do you recommend, Lucas? I am going to give you guys Halloween Four by Billy Cobb. I think we all know, know what each other are giving. I didn't know that. <laughs> Uh, I was expecting Billy Cobb, but I'm excited for this because I, I don't know enough of Billy Cobb's work. And Neither do I. Yeah, he releases a Halloween album every year. Oh. Yeah. I'm going to recommend Spiderland by Slint. By who? By Slint. I'm writing these down. Hold on. Okay. Is that a Halloween album? It's a little creepy. It's a little spooky. Yeah, I didn't I didn't recommend like a specific Halloween. It's just like a creepy, I, I was like also, the vibe. I was also thinking F sharp, A sharp, Infinity. But I haven't listened to next that time. Either. All right, and my album is Itazi by Molchat Doma. All right, is it Japanese? It is. Uh, I can't say that because I don't want to butcher it. Like Russian kind of. Oh, okay. So it is it? in a different language, <laughs> but oh. it's uh, <laughs> the English spelling. I guess is E T A. Z H I. It's their twenty eight. I'm sorry, two thousand and eighteen. Oh, okay, dude. I'm and a, it's by Molchat Doma. This one, right? Yeah. Okay. No, I've seen that around. I've heard it's fantastic, dude. I'm excited for the next episode. It fits Halloween vibes. Yeah. So we're gonna, gonna we're gonna do a little spooktacular. We're gonna watch a little Hubie Halloween, the newest Adam Sandler we, movie. Yeah, we did watch that uh, to go off on a tangent. We watched that last night. It was very bad. Wow. It was very bad. It, wow. Don't watch it. It's terrible. All right. Uh, Promise that... me you won't watch it. I might watch it. Seth watched it. My my roommate watched it uh, last night. Apparently, he said he said it was okay. <laughs> what? You said it was okay? This is the thing I love. I love the people who, like, watch The Room and give it a 6 out of 10. That's the shit I love. Yeah. It's not about, it's like, you can give it a 10 out of 10 as a joke, you can give it a 1 out of 10 because it's an awful movie, but the person giving it a 4 to 6 is like, there was something in that movie that they thought about. <laughs> they, and they had to think about that score. That's what I appreciate. Oh, man. Oh. Oh.
right. Is that a wrap? I think that's I think a wrap. That's a wrap. All right. Uh, see you in the Halloween spooktacular. Do a little. Do a dance. Do a little, do a little list. <laughs>